Hi, this is Viv and you're listening to the new episode of If I Did, You Can Too. The guest that I have for you guys today is a hijabi person who does pole dancing. You might have seen her on Instagram or on Try Guys video. So just knowing this much of her story guarantees that her story is going to be very inspiring. So you're in for a treat. But before going there, just want to thank you guys for supporting your podcast and for rating me and commenting and also sharing with your friend. Keep that going and let's get inspired. Okay, so we have Neda right here. Neda, go ahead and introduce yourself. I am a nurse practitioner and I took up pole two years ago after my main sport um, was swimming. And I went to my first pole class not thinking I would stay. I went because I thought it would be fun at first and I thought I'd just be visiting, but here I am. There's something about you. So let me just tell them how I got to know you. I have a friend. Oh, I actually have the friend that ha- is on the first episode of If I Did You Can Too. She sent the pro- your profile to me and then she was like, take a look at her. She's so amazing. She's so inspiring. You need to tell her story to people. So the thing is, what is your Instagram handle? Just to make it clear for people. Hijabi Luscious. Because uh, Hijabi Luscious was taken so I figured, well, I wear hijab and I am also thick and luscious. So luscious was fitting to me. I love that. Oh, my God. Okay, so which means that you're covered completely, but you're still doing pole dancing. Can we go to the beginning of your story? How did you find out about pole dancing? How did you decide to go that way? Because I know a lot of people that they wear hijab. And they don't even go, they don't even think about sports like this. Even if they want to do it, they don't do it because they're like, oh my God, maybe it, it's just not good for us. Or people don't see people who are hijabi doing stuff like this, like sexual sports, seducing people, as you were saying in that video, even seducing people even by sitting right there. It doesn't go well with hijabi in people's mind. So let's go from the beginning of your story and tell me how you found it. And what happened? I first went to my pole class because I wanted to try something new outside of swimming. I had just finished a two-mile race in the ocean. And I was like, I just want to take a break from swimming for a couple weeks. So let's see what's out there. And I went on um, this app that allows people to try different gyms or studios or what have you in the area. And there was a two-week trial. And then there was a pole studio that came up just a mile from me. And I, I just, I, I just thought, well, I want to try some ho shit, you know. Um, and I was like, I, I called the class. I was like, is this a women's only class? And they're like, yep, it's only women tonight. And I was like, cool. So I went thinking that I was just gonna learn some stripper shit, you know. I thought I was just gonna learn from some veteran strippers, um, because I mean, even though I don't publicly express sexuality or anything like that, because that's my boundary. Um, I was fine exploring that in, a in like a women's only space without the male gaze. Right. Um, and I just thought I'd be trying it just for fun. And I stayed and I kept coming back to classes because, um, you know, my, my instructor was a former stripper. I'm not going to ever deny that, that pole has a stripping background. Um, but yeah, my instructor was so body positive. The women in the class were so nice to me, really welcoming. And most importantly, I was very sore after this class. Um, I underestimated 
how difficult this can be. And when I was in that class, I was like, uh, I could not pull myself up on the pole and I'm going to pull myself up next class. So it made me realize what my own weaknesses were. And I just wanted to come back and keep mastering it. Um, you know, but to answer your other question, whether uh, women in hijab like are comfortable doing this kind of thing, usually no. Like I know why my account got a lot of attention is because this is not traditional. Um, but the way I saw it was I had no intention of going public initially um, because I thought that there is no space for someone like me who looks like me uh, to do something like pole publicly. But when I kind of saw that there's, uh, although pole has a heavy stripper influence, which I don't think should ever be denied, um, you know, because it's always going to be at the expense of other women. And I don't want to do that to a vulnerable group of women. That's why I speak a lot about strippers on my account, but we can get to that later. I saw that there is parts of pole that do align with my values and do align with my boundaries um, that I felt comfortable sharing publicly. And that involves a lot of the kind of dance and ballet gymnastics elements of pole. Um, and I felt like, well, this is, this is not sensual in a way that uh, I feel um, disrespects hijab or, or whatever. Some people feel what I'm doing disrespects hijab, but I mean, as someone like me who has big boobs and a big ass, like there's, I mean, I disrespect hijab just being my weight, you know? Um, so, I mean, as far as trying to uh, decide what I do based on how others will perceive me, well, when you're bigger like me and you wear hijab, um, you're going to get sexualized anyway. Um, I could be sexualized with a potato sack over myself for all I care. So I might as well just act on what I think aligns with my values. And if people don't like it, well, I'm, this is nothing new to me. Okay, I've been to the masjid plenty of times where someone is telling me to put that shot out over my ass, you know, even though I'm in full hijab. Okay, so the criticism I've got, nothing new to me. Oh my God. So you are on Instagram right now. You're active and your account is public. With that comes a lot of hate from people as well. Is that true? Do you, do you receive a lot of hate or is it more like supportive messages from other people saying how badass you are? In the beginning, I did get a lot of hateful messages. I would end up on, um, friends would be messaging me saying that like, uh, you just ended up on this angry Egyptian dude's page. Like, you know, people that, I mean, I don't speak Arabic, but I know they were mad. <laughs> all these men that, <laughs> you know, all these men that like, um, that weren't very attractive themselves, like had a lot to say about me. Um, but you know what? That increased my following. Um, I actually got like harassed by a couple of men. Um, I got outed on Facebook and and so on, you know, but and it was stressful at that time. But you know what? Like, that's how people get attention on Instagram. Not that that was my purpose. Honestly, I did not think that what I was doing was very controversial. Because to me, I was like, well, um, Pole has like sexual uh, back, you know, sexual um, origins and everything. So what? You know, plenty of jobs we have today have 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 uh, sex worker origins. I didn't see what the big deal was because I was like, well, I'm not I'm not gyrating on the pole. I'm not twerking or anything like that. I'm just spinning. I'm just pulling myself up. You know, I didn't see a big deal. A lot of people did, but you know what? Like that really got me a lot of attention. 
that my following was going up thousands. And that's when the positive messages started coming. Because even though plenty of men in particular were sharing my videos to make fun of me, that attracted a lot of women who could relate to me. And that's when the really nice messages started coming in. I have not gotten hate mail in a long time. Even even with the Try Guys video and my following going up by 20,000 since that video came out, not a single hateful message. It is, I'm trying to keep up with all the positive messages I get. Wow. Oh my God. And you still answer to everyone because I legit just messaged you on Instagram and I was like, do you want to do this? And you answered right away. I couldn't believe that you answered right away. I was like, this girl probably is receiving messages on a daily basis all the time. That is awesome. I love how supportive people are. I mean, how supportive people can be on this platform and at the same time, how destructive the platform can be. It's just such a beautiful dance between these two. Um, as you were talking, you mentioned that the stripper part of pole dancing is really important to you and how you always talk about it. Can you elaborate more on that? I talk a lot about not denying the stripper origins and, you know, the current practices of pole dance in strip, in strip clubs and everything is, um, I mean, I work as a nurse practitioner. I deal mostly with vulnerable women. I treat vulnerable women daily, and this includes treating sex workers, not just strippers, but actual women who have intercourse for money, okay? And they deserve to be protected um, because we never know what circumstances drove them um, to choose the kind of jobs that they decided to do. Um, so that's why I bring a lot of light into um, like stripper culture and everything and making sure that we do not deny um, Poles origins, even though what I'm doing, I don't consider sexual, but I also acknowledge that well, strippers still have largely contributed to, I mean, strippers are, strippers are strong. They are not just doing like, you know, sexual moves all night. Okay. There's an element of art and grace to it. But my point is, is that I do not think we need to basically um, make strippers invisible, especially with how popular pole is becoming. Pole fitness is its own thing, but studios profit big time from it because it's very popular. But we don't need to become popular at the expense of a vulnerable group of women. You know, um, strippers don't have a union. They are largely hurt by men at work. They are largely hurt by corrupt, corrupt uh, club owners and everything. And as much as we want to shit all over them and make them sound like they are dishonorable woman or whatever, um, guess who's going there? What, what, is, what does Vegas thrive off of, for example, right? People, even Muslim men, okay, even Muslim men will still go to the club and everything like that, okay? Going to bachelor parties and everything like that is a big part of our culture and everything. So we can't just like use them for one thing and then just um, use rhetoric that just compromises their rights as vulnerable women. And that's why I bring light to this. My values don't have to align with other women uh, just so I so they could deserve protection. It's the same thing that like other uh, plenty of women don't agree with my wear my don't agree with my choice to wear hijab, but they still agree with my right to be protected. And that's how I see uh, protecting strippers in this instance. Mm -hmm. Okay, two years in this pole dancing, how has this changed you 
as a person, your confidence and your relationship with your body? I've just I really feel like I am in my body. I really feel like I have a lot of bodily autonomy that I did not have before. And when I say bodily autonomy, I mean feeling like my body is mine. Because to do pole, um, it's it's not just, you know, for me in, in private, I mean, it's not just the sensual element, but even the athletic portion, you really have to learn how to be patient and listen to your body. And you really have to learn how to slow down and also be forgiving of your body that some days it's just not going to perform or it's just not going to be strong like you hope because pole is hard on your body. And pole can be dangerous, especially if you're pushing yourself too hard, uh, especially if you're trying tricks that you are not ready for. Um, so it really teaches you to be in tune with your body. And it also surprises you. There's sometimes there's tricks that I didn't think that I could do. And it's just, uh, that's what it's done for my body and my confidence is just seeing how when I slow down just a little bit, when I just learn to listen to my body and learn my limits, um, how, I, how far I could really go. Um, it's a very different lesson from swimming because with swimming, I could push as hard as I want. And at worst, if I'm too tired, I just float or I just stop at the wall. Or in the case of the ocean, again, I just hang out in and tread water if I'm too tired. If you are too tired in pole and you keep pushing yourself, you will get injured. So there's that level of risk in pole that you have no choice but to slow down. Um, but again, you also learn, for me at least, um, just how capable your body is. And that's what's really helped me with my confidence. And before going to pole dancing, was there ever a moment for you that you were like, nah, this is not, this is not what we should go for. This is so against the values of our people. Because you're Iranian as well. And you wear hijab as well. So the values, they literally clash for a lot of us. Did you have those or were you just very open to it? I already had um, the struggles of kind of being a misfit in both being Muslim and being Iranian. First of all, when I started wearing hijab, I was 21. I didn't start wearing this at puberty. You know, this was not a part of my cultural upbringing. My, my parents were actually pissed at me that I started wearing hijab. And I lost a lot of Iranian friends when I started wearing hijab. And I started wearing hijab because that's when I actually started learning about Islam on my own. You know, and I started to have a lot more pride in being seen as Muslim. And I still have a lot of pride in being seen as Muslim when I care for like my, my own patients and everything. Um, you know, so like, and then, you know, with, with, with wearing hijab that made me a Muslim, a misfit in the Iranian circles, but then also within the Muslim circles, um, I kind of didn't really feel like I have, um, it didn't really feel like I, I am totally a part of this community either, you know? Um, especially with being Iranian and um, a lot of Iranians are predominantly Shia. I am not, I don't identify. I mean, I'm just identify as being Muslim, you know? Um, so I didn't really have a lot of people to impress on either end, you know? So I didn't, so when I started going to pole class, there was, there was never really a time where I, I figured like, well, should I really be doing this? Because again, like, I didn't really see anything inherently contradictory with going into pole to begin with, because when I would post my videos, I'm like, does showing my strength, like, you know, contradict my, my values and wearing hijab? No, you know, I'm, 
I'm literally suspending myself from the pole with just my two arms upside down. You know, where does this contradict anything? Um, so, so no, I mean, and also the environment in pole was just so accepting and so body positive that I was like, um, I, I was like, I don't, I don't see anything inherently wrong with being, with embracing my body. You know, um, I think though, what I have noticed is that in general, um, like just being a curvier woman, I'm going to get more hate by default, you know, uh-huh. even growing up Iranian, um, and, and with our values and everything, if you're bigger, you're taught, you're told to cover up more. If your boobs are showing too much through your shirt. Okay. You're told to wear a bag of your shirt. I'll be honest with you. When I turned 13 and I started having bigger boobs than everybody else, uh, you know, the first thing my parents did was get me baggy clothing. You know, I was taught to hide very early on, even without hijab. And, um, and I just, I don't agree with any of that. You know, I agree with, um, taking pride in, in Islamic identity and being and taking pride in being a Muslim woman and, covering your hair as a sign of submission to God. But I also don't, if, if God wanted me to hide my body, why did I get big ass titties? You know, like, so I can be invisible. I don't agree with that either. There were times, I don't know exactly the the exact words that you said, but there was this uh, message along the line that at work as a nurse practitioner, you had people that were really mean to you for wearing hijab or they were like, I don't want this person to treat me. But then also there's this other side that you mentioned you love the fact that people actually look at you as someone who's wearing hijab, who's helping them become better, which has this positive impact on their mindset. I was aware that if I started wearing hijab, I might very well face discrimination, you know, but the way I saw it was, well, even without my hijab, I still look ethnic. If a racist wants to be racist to me, they're going to find a way to begin with. So I just saw it like, well, I'm not going to let people's racism dictate my decisions. Like wearing hijab is something I wanted to do, you know. Um, and even though there's there's people that might say, well, it's not hijab. Like, you know, if if uh, if your figure is showing, well, that you know, that that's and wearing hijab has really taught me not to care about what people think because they're always going to have something to say. Okay, there's people that say uh, your hijab is wrong if you're wearing jeans. We can go, we can go down this rabbit hole forever. So I don't bother you know um but i mean you know uh, like no decision that you make is going to be 100% hardship free so even though like i've faced like discrimination and maybe losing friends sometimes well i've gained a lot more friends and even though i've like faced some discrimination before at work or or what have you like i've also gotten a lot more support in being who i am you know um i would say 90% of my experience with hijab has been accepting and maybe 10% uh, was was painful, but you know that kind of pain and discomfort has just taught me how to deal with people better, and just not let their like their problem dictate my decisions. What is where can people find you? On my Instagram, Hijabi Luscious. If you were to leave the audience of this podcast with one last word, what would that be? The way thirty-three-year-old Netta is is what 21 year old Netta needed. So even if you don't have it figured out in your early 20s or your late teens, it's gonna take a while. And you don't have to have all the answers for what your values are now. And you might not fit into the community that you think you're supposed to fit in. 
And sometimes you just have to sit with that discomfort to figure out what works for you. And, you know, and while you're making mistakes along that way, we also believe in Islam that God is all forgiving. And I've kind of, and I want people to remember that, like, even if you don't have it figured out right now, like, and you make some mistakes along the way and you can't really forgive yourself, like, we are taught more about God being, uh, like, punishing us, not about God's mercy, you know. And that's what I kind of learned is how to be merciful towards myself as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Just listening to your story, seeing your Instagram stories and Instagram posts inspired me on a daily basis. But right now, it's just I have mad respect for you, girl. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. Go ahead and say your goodbyes to the audience, whatever way you want. And then I'll do mine. Just want everyone to remember that people's opinions do not pay your bills. <laughs> That is so true. Thank you so much. Thank you guys also for listening. Uh, this was Neda and Viv. And this is yet another episode of If I Did, You Can Too. Until next time. Bye-bye.